welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is our ninth weekly long-format podcast, where we review the week that was, we preview the week to come, we give you our gambling picks for the week, current events, and our power rankings. Um, you want to jump right into like last week's review? Yeah, we'll review the uh, last week really quick. We had a March 8th game, um, you know, 2-1 shootout loss versus Vancouver. We had a goal from Petrie, um, an assist from uh, Kotkaniemi and Tatar. It was on the power play. Uh, and that was a game where Price really stood on his head. He was a 9.66 save percentage. Again, we lost uh, 2-1. Um, that was a tough game. You know, that was like a, you know, a, a Vancouver game that we really needed. You know, yeah. like this, this was looking like the team that you know was the basically the only team that we can consistently yeah, beat in the division. Win. And uh, we couldn't pull it off. Um, it also extended that like, um, you know, inconsistency on the scoreboard. That yeah. was, uh, you know, kind of being forecasted by a lot of guys. You know, coming off that seven game, that seven goal game there. Um, you know, it, it it's it sucks that you know we get brought back down to average. Yeah. So to which so we roughly. knew the next game would probably be a bounce back. Yeah, exactly. And it was, and it was yeah. So jumping into March tenth, uh, the second game against Vancouver, we won five one. Um, so like you said, we got a lot of goals back. We got a goal from Kotkaniemi from Toffoli. Uh, we got a goal from Perry, from Byron and Evans. We got a nice goal from Weber, from Drew and Anderson on the power play. Uh, another goal from Petrie, from Kotkaniemi and Toffoli. Uh, Deno's first of the season from Edmondson and Armia. And again, Price had a fantastic game. He was a 958 save percentage. Um, yeah, played really well. Yeah, um, going to March 11th, we had a 2-1 loss against Calgary. We had a goal from Perry, assisted from Weber. Allen played great, 931 save percentage. And then on March 13th, which was yesterday's game, uh, we had a 3-1 loss against Calgary. Another goal from Petrie, assists from Druin and Edmondson, and Carey Price was a very respectable 917. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, after that March 13th game, that's Petrie's 11th goal. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. Yeah, so he's tied for second in points with Hughes and a few other guys. I think Hedman has 25 points. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, he's really, really up there for Norris contention. Um, you know, the next, you know, the next, uh, basically, well, the, ne- the rest of the season is going to be huge. Because, like, there's a group of those defensemen that are basically moving together and then leaving the rest in the dust. Yeah. So, you know, the I mean, Hedmans, and look, it's not all about points, but it, no, it does but come into, probably it, 60%, it's a big factor. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably just over half of it. That's what most analysts say. Especially with today's game. Yeah, so, um, you know, 60% of it can come from points. So, you know, he's looking good in that department. Um, but, you know, most of the guys that put up points like Petrie does offensively also struggle defensively. Yeah. Um, and Petrie's not terribly defensively, but, you know, he does no, have he has, his He has his, out, his outliers, but... yeah. You know, overall, so, not a bad deal. Nothing really I want to go into, like, specific games, because, you know, we do our Between the Whistle segments, and, yeah. uh, you know, we're just going to rehash, and, you know, especially, like, the March 8th, March 10th games, those games aren't as, like, vivid in my in my memory. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a general trend in these games, again, you know, it, we're seeing the same stuff, you know, like, really rough breakouts. Uh, you know, we saw some of the lines get moved around, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, basically throughout the whole week, our fourth line was, like, really, really consistent and good. Um, you know, really forechecking hard. Um, you know, Good position and possession play. Yeah, I just, I, I really notice, you know, the fourth line when they're on because they do what they do right. And, you know, unfortunately, um, 
you know, our top nine has been very inconsistent and that's kind of why we're seeing these, you know, gold droughts. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it does suck too when like, you know, Carrie has a game and like we don't capitalize on it because like, you know, we can't ask him to be a 966 every night and well, like, uh, you know, those games we really have to win. But, you know, you know, the overtime loss there too, that, that was a big highlight you know, in the sense that we saw that, you know, Dom Ducharme wasn't changing much from what yeah. Claude Julien has been doing because we, we have yet to win an overtime yeah. uh, in overtime this season and you know it's nothing's changed it's no. like it, it looks almost like our power play for like the last two years that well, finally it. is getting changed and look we're getting results but you know we're consistently seeing that Bayern army at Dano and like it just there's no there's no improvement like no. the next time we go to overtime like we better see completely new lines. Yeah, like, I want to see guys who like. Lines. I want to be surprised. Like I yeah. want to see like Toffoli and Suzuki. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, put Suzuki Anderson, Cockneyemi Anderson, yeah. Cockneyemi Toffoli. Like, get those guys out That's there. That's the thing. Get and the fast young guys. And... It's also I think it's it's worth mentioning that because you know when when you break it up into these games, it doesn't hit as hard. But there was a total possible of eight points on this four game stint, and we got three. Yeah. That's not acceptable. No, it's not. It's just not acceptable. It's not, especially because, you know. We're talking about uh, all four of our games this uh, this week. We're against teams that aren't in the playoff race right That's now. That's it. These are games you. Well, they're in the playoff win. race, but they're not in a currently in a playoff position. So, like these are must wins. Like, you know, everybody drink. Yeah, <laughs> everybody drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I think basically every game from now on is must win. Yeah. You know, and it's like we we got to come out away with at least a point, and um, you know, the like. We can't like we we're three we're oh, we're one and three against Calgary now. That's the thing. I think this week too. At some point, I wanted to actually mention this to you. We're exactly well one game away from being in the exact middle of the season. Yeah. So I think we should this week be having a bonus episode come yeah. out just kind of like the first half in review. Yeah. Well, now you know Calgary. This will come up in the review, but yeah. You know, Calgary has one game played more than us, yeah. and they're two points away from us. It's so like we're yeah. like we're really not secure in our no. playoff spot. Everyone's kind of very comfortable based off of a ten-game run at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and like we need a little bit more fight in us. Yeah, and also Winnipeg has one more game played than us as yeah. of now, and they're um, I think four points ahead. Yeah. So it's like we got some catching up to do, and you know the the trick is is Winnipeg isn't losing these games. Uh, the Oilers aren't winning losing these games. No. Like it, it's crazy. I think we're actually we're competing with the Oilers now. Winnipeg's I in the so, second. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, I just I I marked this down because I just wanted to say it. Um, last week's podcast, you and I had a very weird kind of like prediction moment where you were talking about the games against Vancouver and you mentioned that the score for the I believe it was the March eighth game, not the March tenth, but you said you wouldn't be surprised if you saw something along the lines of four to two or five to one. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we specifically won five to one on the tenth is just it's yeah. a little weird. And then when I when I was just editing the podcast, I heard myself talking about the Calgary games. I said, you know, these games could go to either team, but don't look for big scoring. It's gonna be two to one or three to one. And that's both scores for yeah. the March. So I think it gives us a good idea, too, that like we're kind of you know, z- like zoned in on the halves. We kind of have a good feel yeah, for what's going on. But it's just it's very frustrating that I almost feel like because we're on the outside looking in, we almost have a better vantage point. Yeah, you know what's also frustrating I'm noticing with Calgary is the fact that other teams are scoring on them. Like yeah. it, they, if you watch a game with us against Calgary, you'd swear this is like a defensive lockdown team. Yeah. 
people are scoring plenty oh, against them. A lot, like, it, yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. I don't know what it is. Like, it, it's not a uh, Markstrom thing. It's it's a, we can't get a decent shot on net. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I'm looking here. The, the Senators beat the Flames recently 6-1. Uh, the Senators beat the Flames again 6-3. Uh, the Senators... Uh, um, uh, the Senators just beat Calgary seven three. Okay, go. so like it's just us. Like I don't understand. Like yeah. I'm seeing it's always uh, just us. <laughs> I'm seeing six two loss to the Jets. I'm seeing a five two loss to Maple Leafs. And my point here isn't to rip on Calgary, but my point here is is that I don't know why we specifically can't get goals in on yeah, them. Like, I don't know. You know, it's it, it's it's almost like they're just like our antithesis. Yeah, like, it's just like. Well, I really do feel like they're they're almost the complete opposite. I know, but the thing is, is like. That'd be okay if that was like Winnipeg. No, exactly. It's but a like, team that like against really... teams that we like we need to beat just from a standings yeah. perspective. It, it, it's a little frustrating, and um, you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out the Calgary Flames. Yeah, just like we're gonna have to figure out the Rubik's cube you know, that is Mark Giordano. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's frustrating too because like the goals we are getting on Markstrom like aren't particularly great They're goals. So like Petrie had a Petrie had a great shot. Yeah, I know Petrie. Like, that's just, that's just a shot on net. Typically, we're just digging. Yeah, that's just a shot on net. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's we're not doing this crazy oh, tic tac toe. You take six a game. You, how many? Yeah. like it's just like the point is, is that like we're it's not like uh, the Matt Murray situation where like to get a goal on this guy we need to do some crazy tic tac toe yeah. or basically crash the net. But you know we just got a decent shot off on Markstrom. It goes in. But the point is, is that all of our shots are coming from the high high corners. Yeah, uh, and they're you know low and you know a guy that size is going to stop everything from the point yeah especially if you're shooting low because he takes up the entire bottom yeah, of the net his his, his butterfly is like post to post is post to post easily so like and they and calgary does that right especially with Suter now like basically what they do is or Sutter, what they do now is they they know to keep people to the outside and like that's generally a, a defensive maneuver in, yeah. in professional hockey and hockey in general but a lot of teams don't lean into it like Calgary is. Yeah. Calgary's really leaning into keeping people at the outside, and it's really working on us yeah. because uh, you know, like we're not forechecking. Yeah, right. we also don't have those guys that penetrate like that. It's really yeah. only Josh Anderson, but he drives from the outside. And in. we also tend to be like a very hug the boards and skate yes. up the ice, and that's exactly what Calgary wants us to do. Well, they want like us you just... said, they're our antithesis, and they really are a a negative image of us. Like they really just. Everything we do, they're doing the exact opposite, and mm-hmm. it works in their favor. Yeah. Which is also why you see low-scoring games, because they just sneak a few away, because they do have those elite forward talents of Monaghan, Gojo, Kachuk. Yeah. Like, these guys are big, big-time so, like, yeah. players. The, the, the chances they do get are, are much more significant. And Josh Levo. They do get it. <laughs> like, but the thing is, is that they do, like, roughly triple our shots every game. Yeah, of course. So, it's like they're getting more shots, but, you know, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into the preview, so... Yeah. Rough week. Uh, yeah, rough, very rough week. You know, if things don't, uh, uh, we're gonna have another rough week if things don't go according to plan against Winnipeg. Which, like, if uh, history's taught us anything, it won't. Um, you know, so I swear to God, I'm not gonna say must win. Okay, but, <laughs> but we have all of these games. Of yeah. look like we really have to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we've got two games uh, against Winnipeg, the 15th and the 17th. And I would say those are um, imperative to the results <laughs> of our season. And then we have two games against Vancouver that are uh, the 19th and the 20th, which I would say are crucial. Yeah, our fundamental victories <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the outcome of our season. Yeah, and you know what? I cannot wait to hear more people talk about the fatigue. Yeah, we... Okay, look, I'm saying it right now. This week, we need six of eight points. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. 
And I, ideally, uh, we win both against Winnipeg. Yes. Because, okay, be like, great. distancing that lead. Going, in, going into Vancouver with uh, four points is huge. Yeah. I'll, I'll take three in terms of, like, if we have, a you know, one overtime loss. But we need to, at the very least, get through, you know, yeah. three out of four. Like, if I'm going to take six out of the eight, please make four of them come from Winnipeg. Yeah. Just because we need to... We need to close that gap that they're gaining on us because they're really, really pushing ahead. Yeah, it's turning out to be like Toronto and Winnipeg, and then everyone else, and that's mm-hmm. you know very frustrating. But um, you know, Vancouver, you know, we should win, but we also should have won last week. And we exactly. We we However, it, so. though, our most recent game against Vancouver, we blew them out again. So yeah. it could be that that shootout loss was actually a bit of a, a weird one. Yeah, it could I'll been, chalk but... it down to that basically. I'll yeah. say like most of the time when we play Vancouver, it's a blowout. Yeah, most of the time. So I'm I'm at least comfortable saying like we have a good chance against them. Yeah, and the two Vancouver games are are back to back, so it looks like we're gonna get a Holtby game, which yeah. is usually like the really big ones, like mm-hmm. the six seven goals. <laughs> yeah, instead of yeah. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, so Thatcher usually it tightens up a little bit more, but uh, yeah, let's hope for this week. I I, I think um, practice wise, what the Habs should be focusing on is just keeping the intensity on the four checkup mm-hmm. and uh, really tightening up defensively, especially since we lost Sherratt. Like, yeah. you know, it's not an excuse for us to play defensively like we have been. Like, yeah. we've just been leaving Price out to, in the wind. Like, it's yeah. just crazy. Well, like, yeah, we're like... It's I, I, counted, I counted last night against... Um, Calgary. Against Calgary. There was, like, there was three breakaways. Yeah. And one partial. And one partial, yeah. So yeah. it's like, we can't keep doing this. And, like, no. it, you know... Where that starts is removing Romanoff from the first line. Yeah, I okay? again, we said this from the beginning. It's not time. No, it's not time. It will be. He'll be a fantastic first pair. Just like, you're ruining him like this. Yeah. You're ruining his confidence, and it, it's brutal. Because now when you put him back down, he's going to think he did something wrong. But yeah, yeah. anyway, let's go to the gambling. So how did we do last week? Um, Not great, but not as bad as I thought we did. So March 8th, we took the over because this is where it ties in. We basically have a bad habit of flipping games. So we thought the 5-1 win was going to be the 8th, and then the close Vancouver game was going to be the 10th, but they flipped. So we took the over on the 8th, which didn't really go our way. Um, I'll skip the, the next one there, but the 11th, we took the under, which we got right. And then our special bet, which was against uh, um, Vancouver on the 10th, was we took two goals for Toffoli. Now, Toffoli had two points. Yeah. So, I mean, again, our head to the right place, but... We're wrong. Yeah. Um, so going into next week, um, you know, we have it written down there. I'll start with probably the only, like, real one that I feel most confident in is uh, March 17th against Winnipeg. Take the under. I like that. But then for the rest of the games, the 15th and 19th and 20th, um, you know, we have all of them written down as wins. There's one... This is, like, hard Habs bias coming yeah. in here. It's like, I'm writing down wins because I'm trying to, like, will it into yeah. existence. Yeah, there's one I'm going to switch here. I think that um, you should take, if, if for a fun bet at the very least, that on the 15th we go to overtime with Winnipeg. Yeah, I, could, I, could I think uh, don't take the win or the loss. I would take going to overtime. Yeah. Because I think... Oh, I don't think, I don't think there's a way we could possibly lose in overtime again. Yeah. Like, we would literally be, like, defining, like, like all known statistics yeah. like this is crazy like and that would i think that would solidify basically i mean i'm over exaggerating here but i i get emotional at this stuff like I, that for me that would solidify just completely just getting rid of dom ducharme well yeah <laughs> like it, it, if we lose in overtime again granted it's 
if granted if we lose in overtime again and it's the same lines yes okay then you get rid of them if we lose okay? in overtime and it's a completely new set of guys out if, there if you if we lose in overtime because you put out kotkaniemi and he fucked up which is very believable then i'm, I'm okay with that yeah okay? exactly because kotkaniemi in overtime is very high risk high reward exactly okay but i'm okay with it because it's not deno byron okay but um you know i i don't see us losing in overtime again this season no. like i really don't because like it, it would just be incredible. You need to be ready to have your heart broken this year. It would year. just be incredible. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then uh, so we had like we said all W's down the board except on the seventeenth we had the under. Um, you know, I think I I actually believe in those though. Like I I think you know we need both wins against Winnipeg and we need at least one from Vancouver. I think realistically what'll happen is we'll win one in Winnipeg, win both in Vancouver. And then on that March 17th game, maybe we'll take a loss and it'll be low scoring. Like a 2-1 to one kind yeah, of like thing? Yeah, like a 2-1 to one in overtime. And we, okay. you know, like, imagine we lose in overtime. I'd absolutely lose it. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I think realistically we can strive for 6-8 of eight here. I just, I really hope that we take both in Winnipeg. Yeah. Because I'm also, I'm calling it now. If we do go to overtime in Winnipeg, I'll, I'll put money down on it right now. The first line out there will be Dano Army of Petrie. If I'm we, calling it now. If if think about think about their mentality going in. Dano is going up against a Shifley, probably Dubois Wheeler or yeah, Connor Connor. Du, Connor Connor Dubois. Yeah. Okay. It's like they must actually be shitting their pants. Well, yeah. It's like that's basically Petrie against them three. Yeah. Because, like, Armia can't keep up with them. No. Okay, Connor's going to blow past them. Yeah. And Dano, if he doesn't win the face-off... It's fucked. It's just fucked. So it's like, you know, also, like, we haven't won in shootout either. No. So what are we holding out until? No, I know. I really, really don't think anyone thinks we're winning in a shootout against Winnipeg. No, because okay? it's not even like they just have a high-powered offense. It's like, oh, it's Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, it's Connor Hellebuck, <laughs> and then it's also, oh, here comes in Shifley. Oh, here comes in Connor. Oh, you know, it's like, here comes Ehlers, in Wheeler. Dubois. Here comes in Ehlers. Here comes in Dubois. Like, we're just not going to do it. And we're no. going to send in, we're going to send in uh, Druin, Byron. Perry. Uh, Perry. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll throw in Lekkanen. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll, for some reason, see Joel Edmondson. Yeah. So it's like, you know, just, no, just, to, know. just to mix up with, just to uh, try to catch them off guard. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Um, going into news this week. Yeah, we got um, some funky yeah, ones yeah fun ones we got three thousand games from uh pierre gervais pierre gervais yeah so that's so, the uh, that's, that's huge. the equipment manager for the canadians yeah, that's huge that's insane like three thousand games because like, when did they showed a picture of him when he was like in the 70s in the yeah. 70s it was crazy think about the history that guy's seen well that's it right it's like i'd almost want him to coach yeah get him to coach <laughs> for fuck's sake that's that's basically yeah like it's a it's almost 40 years of service with the team yeah, like anyone who's huge. there that long like you just we just want to shout him out like just congratulations yeah we're gonna get him on the podcast yeah that's sure. someone i'd love to speak yeah, to yeah we'll get him on the podcast but that's just incredible like i can't imagine the the things he's seen you know yeah. like going from the forum to that yeah L center. And, and imagine like being that close with the guys like he must have some form of strategy in his head yeah he must know the team like the back of his hand yeah he handles their skates their sticks their equipment like everything yeah god he must go home smelling like shit <laughs> yikes um yeah uh, so and then another milestone yeah 600 games from thomas tatar that's uh that's a big one too yeah, that's Passed the one. halfway mark to a thousand um yes yeah, so you want to do the price one yeah so i just thought it was worth mentioning that carry price is a 947 this week yeah so he's back three out of eight points but carry price is a 947 yeah. so where's the issue <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's the offense well all of these games i mean like you know 
I mean, I'm looking at the save percentages. If someone's actually blaming goaltending here, yeah. I mean, there is someone. The yeah, Habs, Habs fan someone. base, there is someone. But even the week before... Oh, he's still in the 960s. Yeah, I think we had a, a game from Allen where he was an 851, yeah. and people were shitting on him. He let yeah. in, I think, like two goals or something like that, yeah. and it's like we just couldn't produce. And I know. It's like, it doesn't matter his save percentage if we don't score. No, I, I know. You know it's I mean? ridiculous. Like, you, you can't ask these guys to not let in two goals. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. The whole... The whole management of the NHL is going towards more goals to please fans. Yeah. Okay. Asking more high these goalies game. to consistently let in less than two goals is impossible. Yeah. Okay. So like we need to find a way to produce. Like gone are the days of the Vesna. We're finding a way to like not a get more than two though. Yeah. No. Of course. So you know. But yeah, like gone are the days that like the Vesna winners are like the one point eight goals against and everything. A very solid goaltender is low twos. Yeah. Low. That's insane. Like yeah. a two point one. It's you're insane, off the yeah. wall yeah. yeah like it's i'd say the average goal is probably like 2.6 now yeah so like it's just you know it, it's it's not the issue at hand yeah um and then i put it down here that mock trade so over the last week we've had two different mock trades i thought it was just worth putting on the long format just so that you know people who maybe didn't listen to between the whistles kind of get an idea so the two trades we put out there within you know like realistic confines is the first one was trading for taylor hall so i think that if we offer Jonathan Druin a third and a fifth for Taylor Hall at half his salary, I've amended that a little bit. If we do Taylor Hall matching Druin's salary, so my they re, so Buffalo would retain about I think it's two point five million because he makes eight and Druin makes five and a half. Okay. I think that if we're matching salaries, so basically for a rental of Hall for twenty games, Druin a third and a fifth is more than reasonable. Mm. And so that would be the first thing, just to we get gotta, someone. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'll say about that is, I mean, that sounds like a perfect trade to me. Mm-hmm. We just we got to get that done quick because yes, the like before the period, deadline. Yeah, way before the deadline, like as much as we can, just because that two week period is going to be brutal. Well, and, that's like, it. It's like you need. To, well, well, that's two weeks of no Druin and no. Well, Hall. that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, no, no Druin. I'm... Yeah, it's not, it, <laughs> our left side would be well, Tatar to, to Foley. Yeah. No, you'd be in. Lekinen. Oh yeah, Lekinen. Yeah, you'd be fine. That's what I mean. We're fine. What was the point of Frolik? I think it was just injury prevention. Like, what happens if, like, Byron, like, tears his groin or something? But, um, yeah, basically, that was my first, like, concept of it. And, like, to give the viewers an idea, um, obviously, the Hall experiment's failing in Buffalo. And Buffalo, as an experiment itself, is failing. But also, they're lacking third and fifth round picks this year. And it's also, you know, you're renting a guy. You're not, like, getting that long-term deal with him so you're not getting much mm-hmm. and with Druin coming in that's someone who's secure for three years at a reasonable contract so I think it works for both sides and Druin's a bit younger so yeah. it lets them rebuild with guys with still potential um the other big trade was now that Sherratt's out looking at Matthias Ekholm in Nashville um using Jake Muzzin as a comparable the trade basically came down to us giving away a first round pick two prospects that I chose Yolonen and Brooke for, I mean, reasons we mentioned, but just basically kind of like that B plus prospect forward and defenseman with, you know, good upside. And then one roster left defenseman between Kulak and Mete. Ideally Mete goes, but for cap reasons, yeah, just let Kulak them have their could pick. go. Just yeah. let them p- take one of two. And there's reasons, pros and cons for yeah. both. Obviously Kulak's the better defenseman. But he costs more and he's older. Yeah, and Mete's better bait for Seattle. So exactly. it goes both ways. I would just basically say, like, take your pick on that. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I let us know what you guys think of those trades. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, 
you know, that would really... We're actually, we're going to post them on the uh, Instagram, yeah, too, to get right. people's reactions. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, next week we're going to be reviewing uh, Chalet Barbecue. We uh, couldn't get the gift cards in time, so uh, next Sunday we're going to start the, uh, well, Monday morning, I guess. So yeah. next Monday morning we're going to start the, uh, giveaways. the uh, giveaways for those. Um, so keep an eye out on that, and uh, let us know what you guys think of those mock trades and what you would amend from them, or if you wouldn't do them at all, or if you would... You I'm know, sure we'll get roasted on the chat and uh, yeah, in Instagram, which I look forward to. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, Druin. Um, let us know if you want to keep Druin. Uh, I'd prefer Hall. Yeah, personally. I prefer Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah, much more, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is a you know, I I, I think those trades are realistic right now, just yeah. because I uh, like we've been saying. I, I think Berger really is on the hot seat. Yeah. In you know, I, I think this is probably like people like to scapegoat Bergevin a lot, and like with you know, within like there there is a reason to it. Like yeah. I mean, from from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, it hasn't been pretty, and he's you know made some, you know he's held back on some questionable moves, but you know as of recently, he's done great. Okay, yeah. and the thing is, is our production and our performance right now, I don't think is indicative of his performance. Like no. I. You know, our team on paper, we're turning into kind of like the Leaf situation where, like, you look at us on paper and you're like, what the hell? What's going on here? Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I don't want us to turn to that, like... Um, this player is the one fix. Yeah, exactly. Like, when the Leafs were like, you know, just wait till we get TJ Brody, everything's yeah, going to change. Exactly. It's like, you know, just, you know, it's more than that. There's yeah. a there's an underlying it's a issue. issue. And that's an issue. That, that's a bigger issue than than having a bad roster. And, yeah. like, I, you know, I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't charge Bergevin with that. I, I think there was definitely a much-needed coaching change, which is done. And other than that, I think he's just going to be very aggressive in the next few weeks uh, because I think us making the playoffs, for one, is basically do or die for him. I think well, like if we don't make the playoffs, I think he's basically done. Um, and if even if we have a first-round exit, I think he's basically done. Yeah, we need a deep run, and we need to see some real promise. I think the reason he survived last year was because of that Pittsburgh and yeah. Philly series. We Had we played any other goalie other than Carter Hart on that yeah. hot streak, we would have made it through that round. Yeah, We were playing very well. I mean, we got shut out twice in a row mm-hmm. with like 40 shots. Yeah, he's played so, incredible. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah his job's in question, and I think that will kind of push him to make bigger moves Yeah, and bring in some stars as well because he now has his core kind of locked down. Yeah. And so, you know, even if we hit, like we said, Taylor Hall for 20 games, that might be enough to just push us through. And if, if we go far and Taylor Hall likes it here, the minute he shows interest, he's already kind of backpedaling, right? Because then you have you have the upper hand. That's yeah. how negotiations work. Yeah. Taylor Hall can't come in, say he likes it in Montreal, and then demand, you know, $8 million a year. Yeah. Everyone you, knows he's Guys, just imagine... Hall, Suzuki, Anderson. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? imagine in two years when think it's about, Hall, Suzuki, Caulfield. Yeah. But just even, like, even locally. Like, just yeah. think of that line. Like, the problem with that line right now is the speed of Druin. Yeah. Okay? And, Which and is to weird an extent, to Suzuki. But Suzuki will play up. Okay? Yeah. Like, Druin won't. Druin's, Druin's Druin. Okay? Yeah. Like, he's not going to play we with... We know who he is. Yeah. He's not going to He's not gonna mimic other players' play to kind of, like, facilitate chemistry. Suzuki yeah. will. Suzuki plays to, like, the common denominator. Yeah. And if you put two guys who are as fast as Hall and Anderson, 
Because you guys forget, like, yeah. Hall is huge, and he's very fast. Yeah, he's a very fast guy. He's very and he, fast. And he, he's a lot, he like, plays a lot stockier like Anderson. and, like, bigger than we think he yeah, is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a... He doesn't play power forward like, like Anderson, but he comes up the sides very fast yeah. like Anderson does. He has a power aspect to his yeah. game, which, like, again, that's why I hate those, like, archetypes of, like hard like you're a power forward yeah, you're exactly. a playmaker there's, there's hybrids but yeah. like taylor hall is absolutely that like hybrid of playmaker power forward yeah yeah absolutely he's he's literally just a massive upgrade for drew on that line specifically on that line for the speed yeah you know that's that line is is like slugging along right now like it's very slow and it, it doesn't look like it's a habs line uh when you look at our 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 bottom nine there you know that's like it's it. Yeah, so we'll uh, catch you guys in the next game. You have yeah. anything else to say? Uh, well, yeah, we just have our power rankings. Oh, our power rankings. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. So as everyone knows, I we have... I have an honorable mention here, too. Yeah, so we'll the, do the, yeah. perfect. So we, we have basically uh, our new format for a few weeks now is that we have, like, we call it our starting five. So it's basically just three forwards and two defensemen that really stood out for one reason or another this week. It's not a particular position in the forwards. Yeah. Like, it's not a left wing, center, right wing. It's just three forwards that we thought played well. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Same thing with the D. So yeah, I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna throw Corey Perry there. I mean, between like his actual points, because I see here he had one. I know he had two goals. I just double checking. Did he have any assists? I don't think so. But two goals in four games. This is someone who he's playing on our fourth fourth line. He's kind of in and out of the roster, but he's still kind of that net front presence, and he is putting up a good amount of points. Mm-hmm. So you know he showed that you know and he was a big deal. I found this week for us. He he was scoring in opportune moments, and he was doing all the little things that matter. He had a few good chances that didn't go in. It could have been much more than two goals, but I you know I just I yeah, love like his that, play. That, that power play shot exactly last night. that little post, move to the yeah. backhand that was yeah. beautiful. But I just I love his game, and yeah. I think he brings a new aspect and a new dimension to the team. And so he's, he's contributed much more than I think people thought absolutely. he would. He's doing fantastic. So he's on there. Yeah. Uh, f- next, uh, we're going to go with uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. He had a fantastic week. You know, the very streaky player. And this was one of the weeks where he was just on. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at three points in four games with a goal. Um, you know, you can't really ask for much more from that from that guy. You know, he, besides the March 13th game, I really noticed him on the ice. Yeah. Really forechecking really hard. Last and the March night, 13th one, it's not saying much if you didn't notice Yeah, him. the whole team played like shit. I didn't shit. notice anyone. Yeah, the whole team played like shit. Even March 11th, I noticed him more than others. Yeah. But he really thrived in the March 8th and uh, March 10th. Uh, that's where he got, you know, all three of his points. But, um, you know, really happy with how he's developing. You know, like I, I have a newfound love for Kotkaniemi when you kind of realistically picture his ceiling yeah instead of like you know comparing this guy to like you know shvechnikov or and like his Barkov draft class yeah kopitar like it's insane yeah, again i'm gonna repeat it again it's we took him too high yeah like we did and we screwed him yeah he's we not screwed him. us no he's he's doing exactly above and beyond what we should have taken him at yeah you know which was 15 to 20 and uh we could have got him at like 12 that's the thing the way safe, i safely got him at 12 that's it the way i look at it is imagine how we'd feel about caulfield if we played him the first year we drafted him. It's been yeah, two exactly. years since we drafted him, mind you. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't last year. It was the year before that, and we still haven't played him. Mm-hmm. It's because we're letting him develop. Yeah. And we took him around where we should have taken Kotkaniemi. So, yeah. you know, that that is yeah, what it is. Yeah, because you, you but... look at Kotkaniemi and say he sucks if you compare him to other third overall picks. Exactly. Some third overall picks. Some. There are some stinkers out there, but... Yeah. You know, Galchenia. Yeah, exactly. Like, compare <laughs> it's, him it's to like, third overall pick. compare him to the guys in the ten to twenties. That's exactly. he's in the teens, and that's where he should have gone. And I, I don't really know why we did that, but whatever. It is what it is. I'm happy with how he's playing. Yeah. 
the last forward, it's got to be Philip Deneau. I mean, finally getting the monkey off his back, scoring that first goal. It was a nice one, too. But also just I liked his play overall. Like, he, he was working hard. He was, you know, there was one play against Calgary that I got upset with him where he just kind of got out-muscled by Kachuk. But most people get out-muscled by Kachuk. So I was willing to kind of push it to the side. He, he just played well this week. You know, he looked on, especially after scoring that goal. He was really skating. But, you know, I, I still want a lot more from him. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, I, I got to put him on there because he did a lot right this week, yeah. and he was finally rewarded for it. Yeah, I can't add much to that. I You know, I'm just happy to see he's, like, you know, taking his uh, lack of productivity goal-wise to heart, and you can tell he's he's very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping into the D, we're going to start off with Jeff Petrie. I mean, I think you'd be insane not to put him up here. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, two goals. Three. Three goals, sorry. Yeah, three goals. Four Jesus games. Christ. <laughs> yeah, so that brings him to 11 goals, 24 points. Um, you know, he's... Like way above, uh, you know, way leading our team in points. I mean, like he, yeah. he's a, he's a, you know, absolutely tearing through uh, our team in points, and you know, his offensive production just this year is just on another level. Like, and it's needed. Forget he's thirty four. I know. It's crazy. He's not. He does. He like he really does age like a fine wine. Yeah, he's he's crazy. But uh, no, just really happy with him. And I'm also, you know, on the defensive aspect, I didn't notice any major blunders this week no um, he really looked, he looked like, a lot he looked a lot more solid and confident too that was the big thing yeah um but yeah so our last defenseman there it's gonna be joel edmondson um bit of a higher scoring week for him too two points in four games that's not you don't usually see points from him mm-hmm. but i just you know especially with Sherratt going down the burden kind of fell onto him to be more defensively you know reliable and i think he was given we you know over four games we didn't let in many goals so no. while that's also on the goalie, it's it is on the defense too to do that. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight goals in four games. He's keeping it locked down with the defense. Yeah. You know, he's probably double shifting between Petrie and Weber sometimes in that injury specifically that game. Yeah. And then once the lines See, got refigured, that, that basically sums up the problem. Okay, like we we had we let in a on average two goals a game. We lost three of four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean it's just brutal. But but. On March 10th, we scored five goals. Yeah. You know, to last week. To make our, uh, our total for this week, one, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the issue. And also, you know, don't forget last week we scored seven goals. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. The goals per game matters. Winning one nothing and winning 10 nothing is one win. Exactly. So, you know, just be consistent and God damn it, like, help the goalies out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll catch you guys on March fifteenth. Say a prayer. You know, this is a big game for us. It's uh would you say it's a it, it's foundational it's to imperative. Mark Bergen's future. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a I would say I wouldn't know call it a must win. I would call it a <laughs> uh uh necessary victory. Yeah, necessary <laughs> victory. All right. Take care guys. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.